You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Starting from verse uh, 19, I'll read uh, 19, you guys read 20, I'll read 21, and so on. And then we will read together the last verse, 31. The Bible says, Luke chapter 16, verse 19, it says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and furred sumptuously every day. And Lazarus, which was laid at the gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And that died was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I have him to in this flame. <clears throat> but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy life Receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and the Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him. To my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he might testify unto them, lest they also come into this torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went into them from the dead, they will Altogether, he says, and he said unto him, If the Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rose from the dead. I want to speak to you guys uh, briefly about the subject, the truths about hell. The truths about hell. Let us pray. Dear God, I thank you for your mercies. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you because we're here tonight. I ask you to forgive my sins. And I ask you to use me. I ask the Holy Spirit to help me while I speak. And I ask you, Lord, to talk to our hearts. And to help us open our hearts to the truth of your word at this moment. And I pray for all these in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The truths about hell. 
during the time that the Lord Jesus Christ was in his ministry, we find that the Lord Jesus would teach to the people in many different ways. He would use parables, he would use proverbs, and he would use different symbolisms to teach certain truth to the people during that time. But when we get here to Luke chapter 16, verse 19, we see that the Lord Jesus is not using a parable or a proverb or any other symbolism, but he's using a true story of a rich man and, an, and a man called Lazarus. A lot of people think that this story is a parable, but it's not a parable. It's a true story. The rich man and Lazarus, they were alive one time on this earth. Many believe they were alive before the time of Jesus because when Jesus speak about them, he said he came to the time where they died. They were alive during the time of the Old Testament. Now, why is this not a parable? Because parables, they don't have a specific name, a specific places, proper names, a specific places. But a story does. If you analyze the parables on the, on the Gospels during the time that Jesus was teaching certain parables, you're going to find out you're not going to find uh, specific names, specific places. Like in a story. Like the one that went and planted the seed. The sower, that's how you call it. He went to sow the seed. The Bible says that he threw the seed and the, the seed landed in different places. But it doesn't tell us what was his name. It doesn't tell us where he was located on earth. If he was in, in um, Galilee, if he was in Samaria... It doesn't tell us because it's a parable. It's something that is narrated to teach a truth, but it's not something that happened like a true story. The rich men and Lazarus, they were alive during the time of the Old Testament, and one time they heard about the Messiah. In the Old Testament, people knew about the coming Messiah. People knew about salvation, in other words. Most of them didn't understand because they didn't open their heart. But others did because they opened their heart to what the prophets were saying. And they understood the coming, the coming of the coming Messiah, which is Jesus Christ. They didn't know who he was, but they knew someone was coming. Because the Old Testament, we find a lot of um, prototypes of Jesus. The Passover was a type of Jesus. All the sacrifices in the Old Testament, when they were uh, go to the temple and sacrifice certain animal, it was pointing to the Lamb of God that was going to come and be sacrificed so that you and me could be saved. Everything was a type. Everything was projecting into the future. So they knew there, that someone was going to come, someone was going to die, and someone was going to be sacrificed so that they could be saved. 
They knew details like we do. That means we, we, ha we have a, a bigger blessing, but a bigger responsibility. Because we know more than they, they knew. But they knew. That's what I'm trying to say. The point is they knew. So the rich men and Lazarus, what I'm trying, where I'm trying to get to is that they had to take a choice one day. Whether they were going to believe on the promise of the coming Messiah or whether they were not going to believe. And we have two different answers to that in this story. The Bible says... Verse 19, it says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and first sumptuously every day. I don't know how to pronounce that word right, right? But you understand what it is. The Bible says there was a rich man one time he was alive on this earth. The Bible says he was dressed with the best clothes on his times. He was dressed elegantly all the time. The Bible says that he will eat all these banquets every day, not every weekend, every day. Banquets with all these um, luxurious food, expensive food. He would, he would eat whatever he wanted to eat. He would dress however he wanted to dress. This guy was rich. He had anything he would like. When people would look at this guy... There would probably be like a, a lot of people today. I wish I was like him. I wish I had all that he has. He probably had a lot of properties. He probably had a lot of gardens full of trees with fruits and vegetables. He would probably have a lot of lands with animals, with cows, with goats, with all these animals that would produce for him. He would probably have different properties, houses. And whatever he wanted, he would probably go and buy it. And a lot of people would admire him. People that would live around him, close to him, they would probably say, oh, yeah, I know him. The rich man in the corner, the big house, yeah, I wish I was like him. I wish I was rich so that I could buy anything I want, so that I could have anything I want, so that I could do everything I want. And he was admired. But he also was arrogant. When people would admire him, he would probably be like, yeah, that's me. And he would feed his ego, his ego, because he was his own God. He was living for himself all the time. He was living to satisfy his flesh, to satisfy himself. He was living for the world, for his desires, and for Everything his flesh would desire, everything his heart would want, he would live for that. He would go for that. And he thought that he didn't need a God. I don't need God. No, no, no. Don't talk to me about God. I'm fine. I'm rich, remember? I have everything I want, remember? And that was that rich man's life. Verse 20 says, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid in his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. The second person of the story is Lazarus, a beggar. He didn't have money like this rich man. 
he was begging for food. He was desiring to eat the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. He didn't have a lot of lands like this guy. He was sick. He was full of sores in his body. The, lock, the dogs will come and lick his sores. When people will look at him, they will probably laugh at him. Look at him. Oh, poor guy. Get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. You're dirty. Ah, no, 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 no. Don't come close. But you know what? Lazarus was a faithful man of God. Lazarus loved God until the end. And a lot of people say, well, if God was with Lazarus, why was he on this situation? Why was he sick? Why did he, he didn't have nothing to eat? Why? Because God has purposes. Why he put us in different situations that maybe is going to hurt us. But God has a purpose for that situation. Sometimes when we're under a, a hard situation in our, in our life, it's because God is doing something. That disease that could come to my life as a Christian, as a son of God, it's probably because God wants to teach me something. It's, it's because God is behind that, trying to do something in my life. He probably wants me to grow spiritually. He probably wants me to clean my life more. And, be, and sanctify myself more. Something. He wants to do something. Remember the Bible says that everything that happens to the one that is saved. And I'm paraphrasing the verse. Is good. Everything. Romans chapter 8. Everything that happens to a saved, to a son of God, is good. Because God has a purpose under that. God had a purpose for Lazarus. And a lot of people think that Lazarus was put on that situation so that this rich man could have the last chances to repent. I'm pretty sure this rich man, when he would see Lazarus, he would know that Lazarus was a faithful man of God. He would know that Lazarus was a believer of God. He'd know Lazarus loved the Lord. And every time the rich man would see Lazarus, he would remember that he needed God also. But he never opened his heart to listen probably to Lazarus preaching. You know how I know that Lazarus preached to this guy? Because in the story, later on he says, Abraham, please send Lazarus so he can talk to my family. Oh, why? Why send Lazarus? Oh, because he knew Lazarus was a preacher. He knew Lazarus was a soul winner. And he knew that when he was alive, Lazarus would preach to him and would tell him, you need to repent. You need to uh, open your heart for God. But he wouldn't open his heart. But he knew Lazarus was a soul winner. And Lazarus would preach about God. Every time he would have an opportunity. Verse 21. <clears throat> it says... And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And rich man was, uh, also died and was buried. It came to the time where they died, brother. And one time, every single one of us said, I don't want to discourage you, but we're going to die. <laughs> 
But there was a, a different path for the rich man and Lazarus after death. One was carried by the angels to a peaceful place, and the other one went to hell, went to be tormented into a place. It came to the point where they died. And then I want to emphasize certain things that this rich man found out when he died. Verse 22 says, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. The first truth that this rich man found out about hell when he died. It was that he found out that hell is real. You heard that? Hell is real. It's a real place. People is there right now. People is in hell right now. The Bible says right there in verse 23, and, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. I picture this guy, after he died, he thought that when he would uh, die and his body would get buried, that, that was it. That's all. No more. That's what he probably thought, like a lot of people think. Oh, what is going to happen with you when you die? Oh, they're just going to bury me and that's it. No, sir. You're either going to go to heaven or you're either going to go to hell. But there's only two places where people go after they die. This guy went to hell. And I picture this guy after he died, he opened his eyes and lifted up his eyes. And he started to feel the torment of the fire. And he started asking himself, where am I at? What's this? What's going on? And then he remembered. He remembered one time they talked to him about this place. He remembered one time they tried to talk to him about avoiding this place. And then he knew where he was now. He found out that hell was real. Even though when he was alive, he would laugh about hell. He would mock about hell. And when people would come to preach, you know, about God and repentance, he wouldn't, he wouldn't like to listen. And he would probably avoid them. And he would probably... Um, Throw the door on, on, on their face. And he'll probably chase him out. Get out of my house. I don't want to listen to you. All that is a lie. I'm not going to waste my time uh, listening to you. I have all these important things, more important things to do. Because he was rich. He thought that he was rich, but he wasn't rich. You know, when people would see uh, this rich man and, he would see, and they would see Lazarus, they thought that this rich man was rich and Lazarus was poor. But let me tell you, the true rich man in this story was Lazarus. Even though Lazarus didn't have no material stuff, either, even though Lazarus didn't have money, riches, and all that this rich man had, he was rich because he had salvation this rich man didn't have salvation. He had a lot of things, materialistic things, a lot of properties, a lot of money, but he was poor in spirit. He wasn't saved. And then he found out who was the, rich, the real rich man, not him, but Lazarus. He found out this was true. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are with the rich man right now. 
And you know what? They died the same way as him. They died being unbelievers. They died laughing about this place. They, they died saying in their hearts, this is not true. It's not possible. This place cannot exist. They died like that. But now they're in hell. And you, let me tell you, they're not unbelievers no more. They're true believers now. They cannot deny the truth of this place now. They're living it right now. And they are not unbelievers. They're believers. They, came, they, they passed from unbelieving to believing. But it's too late already. It's too late for them. Now they believe. Now they say, this is real. I wish I would, I would believe when I was alive. You cannot do it no more. It's too late, my friend. It's too late for the rich man to say, what? But I thought this was fake. I laughed about this place. I thought this, the, the, the preachers were just trying to scare me. No, we're not trying to scare you. We're trying to preach you what Jesus said. We're trying to preach what Jesus said about after death, there's only heaven and there's hell. And that if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to go to this place. That's what we're trying to preach. We're trying to help you believe, but you didn't want it to. And there's a lot of people in hell that are like this rich man. You know, a lot of people that came to a church like this. It's pretty sad for, for people to come to a church where they teach you the sound doctrine, where they teach you the word of God clearly to your heart, to your mind. And they don't care. And they don't believe. You know that in this room, there might be someone that hasn't believed still, that hasn't accepted Jesus. Because there's a lot of people that come to church just because they like it. I like that my, children's, uh, my children come to church. That I, I like to take my children to, to the church because they teach them good things. You know, I like the activities. Oh, yeah, I like the Christian, you know, atmosphere. But that doesn't mean you're saved. That's why we all have to examine ourselves, whether if we are saved or not. Whether if we actually accepted Jesus for real or not, because this place is real, let me tell you. These rich men found out. That it was real. But it was too late because he found out it was real when he was already there. And now he wished he had believed while he was alive. But there's no more opportunity for him. You know, people in hell, they even believe in hell more than you and me sometimes. Because we say we believe in hell, but we're, we're not living like we believe in hell. We say we believe in this place. If we would, if we would be true believers of this place, we, we would be doing more so that people would be saved. We would do, be doing more so that people would know about salvation and they can avoid this condemnation. But we're just sitting down watching our TV, doing very little. Brother, it's a blessing that you... Give to missions, you give you tithe. That's that's a blessing, but that's not it. You have to give part of your time, part of your life, part of your strength to get people saved so that God can use you too as an instrument. Verse 20, <clears throat> 24, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And I will be real brief. On these next points. The first truth that he found out about hell is that hell is real. That hell is not fake. That hell is not a story made up. 
but hell is a true place that exists where souls are going after they die because they reject the salvation of Jesus Christ. The second thing he found out is that in hell, there's no more mercy. Have mercy of me, Father Abraham. Someone help me. Someone have mercy on me. And probably Abraham told them, oh, God had a lot of mercy when you were alive, remember? God had mercy on you. He was patient with you. He was waiting for you. He gave you a lot of opportunities. He had mercy. He didn't want you to go to this place, but you denied it, the preaching of salvation. In hell, there's no more mercy. In hell, when people go there, they're going to be tormented. The Bible says that in hell, they're going to be tormented with fire eternally. The Bible says that uh, in hell, uh, they're going to be forever and ever. And there's no way out of there. There's no more mercy. God has mercy of people right now. God is waiting for people to be saved right now because after they go to hell, they, there's no more mercy right there. There's no more patience. There's no more opportunities. And they're just going to be there to be tormented and to pay for the sin that they wanted to repent from. I'll go quick. Verse 25 says, but Abraham said, son, remember the third truth that these rich men found out about hell is that hell is a place of remembrance. Remember. Do you remember? Do you remember when you were laughing about salvation? Do you remember when you were in church listening to all these sermons? Do you remember, you know, there's a lot of young people in hell, a lot of youth that they came to church, you know, because sometimes they come because their parents bring them. Because they, they grew up in church. It, that, that doesn't mean you're safe. Being in church for a long time doesn't make me safe. Being a, a son of a, a, a father and a mother that are Christians, that doesn't make me safe. I have to take a choice in my heart. I have to repent. I have to accept Jesus. I have to give my heart to Jesus, believing he's the only one that could save me. And if I do it with an honest heart, the Bible says I'm saved by faith. But if you haven't taken that choice, you're in danger. Thinking that because your parents are Christian, you're a Christian too. No. This guy was remembering all the opportunities God gave them. And sometimes, you know, young people, they bring, uh, their parents bring young people to the church. But in their heart, they don't want to be here. In their heart, they deny the truth sometimes that is being preached from the pulpit throughout the pastor, throughout the missionaries, throughout the Speakers that come, and you're sitting there sometimes laughing about what's being preached. You're sitting there sometimes denying this truth. Oh, now I don't believe that. But you don't say nothing. You keep it here because you don't want your parents to know. I hope one day you don't have to be like this rich man, remembering all the opportunities God gave you and you denied them. Hell is a place where people is being tormented not only with the fire, but it's being tormented with the things that they are remembering, with the times that God wanted to save them, but they denied it. 
and they've been tormented in their head, in their mind, just remembering all the opportunities they had and they rejected. This rich man is, all, is, is, is probably saying, why didn't I believe? Why didn't I, I accept it when he came and this other one came and this other message came to my life and this other messenger, why, why, why didn't I believe? And he's being tormented now because he remembers all that. Verse 25, but Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy life receiveth thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. The fourth thing about, that, uh, uh, the fourth truth that this guy found out about hell is that hell is a place where people learn to value what's really valuable. Remember you had good things and Lazarus bad things? Remember you were rich and Lazarus didn't have nothing? Remember you would live for those things? Remember you were living for riches. Remember you didn't care about God. Remember you were just trying to make money. Remember you were just trying to be popular. Remember you were just trying to do your own. And you value that. But now you learn that that doesn't value nothing. That's not worth anything. What is really worst is the salvation of your soul and you denied it. Now people in hell, they learn that what is really valuable is to be saved. Now they learn that what's really valuable is the spirit, spiritual things. Now they learn that what is really valuable is what God says. is eternal things and not temporary things. A lot of doctors are in hell, you know. They, they left church to become a good doctor, and they did. And they were... Being paid well. And they value that more than their soul. And right now they're in hell saying, that wasn't really worth it. More than my salvation. There's a lot of actors in hell. Stars that you see on Hollywood in hell. A lot of people that made a lot of money in hell. A lot of people in high positions in whatever, government, whatever, that they never accepted Jesus, they're in hell. Oh, yeah, they probably made a lot of money. They probably had a lot of things, but they didn't have salvation. And now they learn to value what's really valuable. But it's too late. And we as Christians, we have to learn from this. Sometimes we're living for the things of this world, putting our effort and our time to build something in this world when everything's going to burn, brother. The only thing you're going to take to heaven is what, whatever you did for the Lord while you were alive. That's why the Lord said, make treasures in heaven and not in this earth. Do something for the coming life and not for this one. And I'm not saying don't, don't, do, don't prosper and don't, do, don't buy things. No, yeah, but put God first. Put God in, your, God in your life first and he will help you, you know, walk and he will help you do things and stuff, but the problem is that we put God in the side and we put these things first and we value those things more than God. And that's a problem. I'm going to finish up with verse 27. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he might testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. The first truth that he found out is that hell is true. 
The second one is that hell is a place where there's no more mercy. The third truth that he found out is that hell is a place of remembrance. The fourth truth, he found out that in hell people learn, learns how to really value the things that are valuable. And the fifth thing he found out is that hell is a place of prayer. People's praying for you and me to do something for their family, to talk to their families that are still alive. They're praying for us to go. The only hope that they have is us. They wish they could go out from hell and at least uh, they could give them five minutes and go and knock to their parents' house. Hey, believe in hell. I'm, I already found out it was true. Believe. But they cannot go out. And you know what Abraham said? They have Moses and the prophets. No one's going to come out from hell and go talk to them. In other words, they have Christians. They have believers that have to go soul win. They have to go and talk to others about salvation. I just want to finish up with these two things. If you're not saved, I encourage you to give your life to Jesus tonight. And if you're saved, but you're not doing much for the Lord, why don't you get involved more? Why don't you do more for the Lord? You know why Jesus saved you and he didn't took you to heaven right away? Because he wants to use you. Because he wants you to do something for him. Please get involved in the Lord's work. Let us pray. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.